You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. yeah i'm very rusty at this it is a weird feeling to be back in the studio live to listeners on 3cr community radio 855 am on your am dial streaming live at 3cr.org.au and digital radio podcast on demand all the things but first i'd like to give an acknowledgement of country that i'm broadcasting over the lands of the kulin nations the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples and Indigenous sovereignty has never been ceded. The ongoing genocide of this colonial nation, Australia, is ongoing. And so is First Nations resistance as well. And I'd like to pay respect to um, any Indigenous listeners tuning in today. Um, yeah, and shout out to um, all the queer Indigenous people celebrating NADOC week this week too. Um, I'd like to thank... As well, the previous show there, an interesting show there from Global Intifada talking about drugs and decrim. Yeah, check it out. Another great show on 3CR. So some more about me. Um, I'm Iris, I'm a white settler, trans pronouns, she, her, they, them. And yeah, I think reflecting on being a white person on stolen land, it's yeah, important for settlers like me to reflect on what solidarity we're doing in a material way from our complicity in the colony. And in terms of that, we're going to be talking about one initiative that needs funds, one of Canac later in the program. And yeah, um, definitely get behind that. But, and also later in the program, um, I'm, we're going to be t- talking to Edith Lane, who've just launched their album, their album Eat It on the Park. But first up, I'm going to settle in with a song. I'm going to go with Keep On Better Things, I reckon. Stay tuned to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Now I've got a blue 
And that was Alice Skye there with Grand Ideas. You're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, and I'm Iris. So, and that, and before that was Hiam with Better Things. So now we're going to be hearing a bit about Werner Kanak. This is an interview with Ariko Alu that Priya Kunjan from Thursday Breakfast did. And a bit about Werner Kanak. It's a land return initiative. Um, yeah centering Jabberong women and LGBTIQ people and definitely get behind it. Stay tuned to Queering the Air. Hi, Erika. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Hi, Nyata. Um, Thank you very much for having me um, on your show. Of course. Um, So could you start by letting listeners know a little bit more about yourself? Um, Yes. So I'm um, a Gunajmara um, and Gunai Sovereign. My language groups are the Kure Wurrung, Jap Wurrung, Peak Wurrung and Dehurt Wurrung. And yeah, I also come from the um, other side of Victoria, which is the Gunai Nation. Um, yeah. So I've grown up, um, I've had the, the privilege of growing up on both of my countries, both sides of Victoria born in Melbourne and yeah I've predominant like I've lived in black communities in in um around the state um even in Melbourne I've grown up in um my community here I lived on um grew up most of my childhood on an Aboriginal mission um Lake Tyres Banyanda in East Gippsland um where my mother's country is yeah, so I've I've grown up learning um, my country and different you know landscapes and waterscapes, um, learning about my different animals and and stories and just you know I've been raised by by the village or the community um, from you know from predominantly three different parts of Victoria. So I grew up learning my Gunai language and now I'm learning my Kure Wurrung, a Japarong language. And, yeah, I've um, come to know my responsibilities um, through my experiences of growing up on country and the experience of living on country and, and understanding my responsibilities, I guess, has, has brought me to this, um, this initiative, um, Wurrung of Kanak and a few other, you know, um, circumstances um, like being... Um, restricted from going back to country has made it more of an urge, urgent situation for myself, um, but also a lot of other mob, my family members um, whose um, country we share with and particularly um, our families who have been stuck in the city and in urban areas and, yeah, the need to, to be to have a safe space um, on our country um, has grown, I think, through, um, it was, I guess it's been highlighted through the, um, the restrictions of this year's um, pandemic. I mean, I think what you're speaking to there is sort of the importance of, of being able to be out on country and to be able to connect with, you know, a landscape that has been um, restricted from you but also restricted from you for a very long time in various ways 
So maybe I'm wondering if we can um, hear a little bit more about what uh, Warren of Canuck is and where did it start, as you've already gestured to a bit, and, and what you hope to achieve. Uh, yes, yeah, so Warren of Canuck, Warren means um, home or house, and that that's the name for our traditional houses that we built um, out of the kulor, the stone, the lava stone. These were uh, villages that were made up of thousands of, of these houses, huge villages that were made out of this kulor stone. And, um, yeah, some of these houses were had multiple rooms in them depending on how many people they had in their family. One of the biggest recorded um, warrens was 19 foot long, so huge, huge houses and um, or living spaces. Um, very, it's very cold down in that country. So yeah, we had, you know, intricately designed these houses to be, you know, warm um, during the winter times. And then once the country was burnt off in that area, we could go back um, and uh, rebuild the the roof, I guess. So the base was always in place, not affected by the fires. Yeah, so Warren, yeah, it's the home. It's my home. It's a very powerful word to me. It's, it's um, yeah, home is the base and, you know, home is, as some people say, is where the heart is. But, um, yeah, I think... In our terms, you know, your home is also the country, you know, it's the landscape, it's the waterscapes, it's not just where you sleep and where you carry out your domestic um, ways. Um, so, yeah, Canuck is digging stick. That's a, um, a common word that's also used in um, across the Gunishmara Nation. Yeah, so... I guess the Canuck is um, a gardening tool that my grandmothers used to nurture the land and collect their foods and build with. Um, they were building tools, gardening tools. They were multi, had multi-uses. So I guess that um, also holds a lot of power. And they were, you know, they were law-holding instruments as well and my countries uh, um, of the Gunijmara nation are um, all matriarchal law country and um, women were the um, known as the the land the land owners and also the law um, makers of the land so you follow your grandmother's line and you follow your grandmother's law and that's very common across um, this continent um, not all people are matriarchal, but most um, peoples are matriarchal. Yeah, I mean, I think that also, you know, the sort of definition of the name also kind of speaks to a bit of the purpose of, of what you're trying to achieve with the initiative. So maybe we can go into that and, and thinking about, you know, what are some of the plans um, for Warren of Canuck? Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, the plan, I guess, is to, you know, try and get some some land base that we can we can work and um, grow some bush foods, um, our traditional foods and medicines. That's, you know, the, I guess the real 
roots of this initiative is to create spaces of healing and a lot of our people are um, in need of that living in in the urban area like it's it's such a necessity um to have access to the healing opportunity to heal yeah so the roots of the initiative is to to have an art space for people create a space for people to heal and you know customize that space to really um foremostly like accommodate the people of the country of that country and then also then have you know guests come through to also receive healing so we're wanting to create a seed library there's lots of plants on jacaran country around the um gary word grampians that are very specific to that area which i'm looking at um at the moment there's a old gum tree um prehistoric gum tree it's called the grampian gum and I haven't actually seen one in person yet, but um, I'm really keen to regenerate that particular um, gum tree that is really only found on Garyword on the Grampians. So we're trying to, you know, hopefully the space that we get is close enough to that climate to be able to bring that, that particular gum back. And there's also like a lot of, you know, lilies and orchids that hold a lot of um, medicinal uses um, for us in that area. Yeah, the initiative, there's a lot of ideas that are floating around. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of dreams that can come out of a land base that's not held up by anybody else and um, not restricted and, um, you know, this... I guess for me this is an opportunity to try and remedy the land and the waters as well and to, you know, invite other people to get involved in that because to remedy the land and the waters in the, is in the best interests of everybody, not just Aboriginal people. Yeah, and I think um, what I'm also kind of hearing in, in what you're saying is this is a relational healing as well where, you know, it's healing people and healing country um, building a resource for future generations as well um, to be able to come and have this space. So why is it so important to get this up and running as a largely autonomous and community-connected and, importantly, Aboriginal sovereign-led movement? It's important for, the, for our survival. Like, it's, you know, we're doing this out of survival. You know, it's still something that we're doing out of survival, like I our people, are, we live every day out of survival. Everything we do um, say is out of survival. And, you know, I guess it's, you know, I'm pushing my self-determination and that exercise um, outside of the current bubbles of opportunities right now to have something that's not really been exercised um, for a very long time. Um, our people have um, exercised this self-determined right to grow our own foods and to have farms um, and they have been historically closed down. Like this is not something that's particularly new, new. It's, it's just a little bit of a different time frame, time. Yeah, it's, it's 
slightly different and we can, you know, we'll see, I guess, only time will tell um, how successful this can be. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't really have very much um, of examples in this country to lean on or look at um, at the moment. So, yeah, it's important to push the boundaries and to to try something new and I want, I, like I really want that for future generations to be pushing the boundaries that we um, that we have set around us, you know, as oppressed peoples. Yeah, and this exercise of of sovereignty in practice also, you know, sort of begins with being able to just start out by securing a piece of land to be able to do this on. Um, so I wanted to kind of turn quickly to to the fundraiser um, that you've set up to to be able to fund this initiative. So what was what was the sort of key, you know, primary goal with that? Yeah, I guess what we've got our eyes on um, a particular piece of land at the moment in a little area just on the west side of Ararat. It's a 9.3 hectare lot or two lots, I think. And yeah, it's it's 175 to 185. We don't know why there's two different prices. I've never brought land before, so I don't know. Um, this is all new to me. But yeah, we've just we've found a piece of land on realestate.com. It's on the GoFundMe for everyone to see. Like this is um, this is what things cost, and it's you know, um, yeah, the the yeah, I guess the essential goal is two hundred thousand dollars and that will allow us to yeah buy this land and maybe build a little a shack that we can start putting seeds in or gardening tools and make some um canucks yeah so um there's that but then there's an ideal goal of five five million dollars um we've decided to dream big and that's for um, a lot more land. That's for um, 327,000, 100.8, I think, hectares of land. So we're we're looking at, you know, bigger dreams, but the smaller dream at the moment, the initial dream to get the essentials is to get this property that's, um, it goes across a river yeah, it's got some beautiful old trees on there and it's, you know, calling out to us. So this will, this will help us, you know, to, to set up a base, I think, and and work from there. I'm wanting to really run this campaign for the next three years at least and build up an example of what we can do with the land, what, we, what we're able to do with that. You know, we need, we're wanting to document the land and the climate and the weather and seasons are in you know, the plants and animals that are currently there. And so that's, yeah, it's a three-year goal to set up a base and then a 10-year goal to actually create something that's fully self-sustainable and functional. Well, if anybody's listening right now who has a substantial amount of money and would like to <laughs> donate, um, <laughs> please feel free. Uh, you can look up Warren of Canuck, that's W-U-U-R-N, of K-A-N-A-K on GoFundMe and please do chip in if you can. Um, Erika, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up? 
uh, okay, maybe I should say like wuruk is means goodbye and earlier I said nyata, which means hello, and that's um, Kirewarong, Japarong language. So if you can learn some of our language before you come up and visit our initiative one day, that would be great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you so much. And that was Erika Walu there speaking to Priya Kunjan at 3CR Thursday breakfast. Definitely get behind Learn of Kanak, Landback Initiative. Uh, querying there, we'll have the details in the show notes of this podcast. And yeah, I do want to disclose that I do know Erika. But amazing initiative and yeah, get behind that. Next up, we have Edith Lane. But first, we're going to play some of Edith Lane. Stay tuned to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au. I might have Victor and Emily on the line. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So good to hear you. Um, So we have Edith Lane members, Victor and Emily on the line. Edith Lane is a queer, alt-rock, Asian band in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Um, And they've just launched their album, Eden on the Park. How how are you feeling? And would you like to speak a little bit more about yourselves? Uh, ah. um, I don't know how we're feeling. It's, it's really strange releasing a record in the middle of a pandemic when you can't play gigs and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it feels surreal. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It must be so difficult. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, but like we're, we're still getting like a really positive response from people who have listened to the record, so that 
once we can start playing shows again, that'll, you know. Just expand. Expand, yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. What about you, Emily? Yeah, no, I'm feeling kind of the same, like pretty excited to have it out there, given it, you know, we've been working on it for a long time. Um, but yeah, like my favourite aspect of uh, creating music is actually being able to play it live. Um, so I'm just, yeah, just waiting for the day that we can actually have a, a proper album launch and, mm. yeah. Yeah. Like picking off the bit about being it being a long time in the making, would you like to talk more about that and how I think Emily joining Edith Lane sort of helped this album come together? Well, yeah. Um, well, it's Inception kind of started about eight years ago, so like in 2012. Um, it's just been like a really long, arduous writing process of constantly changing and stuff and um, having the song evolve as I've grown as a musician and when M joined the band in 2017 it was like yeah it came together really 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 smoothly just because M has like a much broader knowledge of music than I do <laughs> <laughs> it's much more refined as a performer yeah um, yeah and then the actual recording process was like three years Mm. as well yeah and I think it, it was a long recording process because we wanted to have all of these different layers on there that we'd never actually been able to do with you know just the at the time it was like a all piece band yeah. Um, yeah so we, we just kind of took that extra time to add in more layers and more polyrhythms and polychords to flesh it out mm. even more and yeah we've kind of got a new lineup of band members so it's been really fun figuring out how to bring that into a live setting yeah and the long process also like we were really lucky with our producer jess who also plays in the band we we're really lucky to have an organized with them that made it you know financially accessible for us to to spend three years yeah. on a record which is something that i don't think um, many artists uh, get the opportunity to do just because it's so expensive to make stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of collaborations, were there any other collaborations that were um, vital for making the album? I think every collaboration from the band, like from the start of the band when it was just Victor yeah. and Edwin, like, yeah, every everyone that you play with is going to bring in different ideas and different feels when they play, even if it's, you know, essentially the same beat as a drummer or the same kind of chords. There's always something really personal that different musicians bring in. Um, so with, yeah, there's been sort of multiple different lineups over the years. Mm. And, yeah, when we when we actually went into record, it was just Victor and I playing all the parts, but there's definitely been aspects of things that, you know, previous members have brought in that have just really stuck and inspired mm. new new avenues and new ways of um, thinking about the music. So, yeah, yeah, I think everyone involved over the years has been a huge influence. Yeah. And also we did also have a little collaborative bit with um, Kim Little from Low Vision, who 
we didn't end up using the vocals just because we recorded too much for it. But yeah, we did have some input from Kim as well. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and she <laughs> pretty much like Victor asked her if she'd be up to doing some vocals, and she's a an amazing vocalist. Mm-hmm. And she just like came to the studio the next day and put in a, a whole bunch of hours oh. of, of like, yeah, really cool vocal work. Um, even though we didn't end up using it in the final mix of it, I think doing doing something similar in the future for the next album is definitely on the table as oh, well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, sort of going to the feel of the album now. Um, yeah, I pick up a lot of like visceral emotions and like a lot of dynamic range to it. And I think that that was sort of mentioned a bit in an interview with both of you. Um, so was like that sort of like bringing out authenticity and a range of emotions really a big part of the songs you that are on the album? Definitely, I, I think it's. I think it's a core element of it. I don't know. It, it feels it was like we've written a lot of songs before, but I think those ones were like the ones that did have that element of authenticity to it, and I think they were really important to put together because it, I think it would for me it would just feel really dishonest to not put that in there, like. Mm. And I'm personally like dynamics is everything when I listen yeah. to music. Like if there's a if there's a build um, in dynamics, that's like that's probably what hits me the most emotionally. So yeah, when I listen to things like like post rock bands where everything is about the emotion of how the how the music moves rather than being you know fancy fast playing or anything. Um, yeah, I think. I think dynamic dynamic build is one of the most important things for me. Yeah. And also when writing, like, really personal music, it, it feels like, for me, it felt like there was a, like a, an obligation to myself to be as honest as possible. Because, mm. you know, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's probably for my part. It's a lot easier because, like, I find Victor's lyrics just so powerful. It's a lot easier for me to feel those emotions even before I'm playing or putting anything into the music. I think the fact that um, that I really admire Victor's writing um, makes it a lot easier for me to um, jump in and bring in you know whatever things I'm bringing into it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Yeah. I guess like all the themes could, like, match so many different experiences of different people, but particularly, um, the pandemic. I think it, like, it sort of matches the mood of the pandemic in some ways as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. but in terms of the pandemic, did the like being in the band help? in terms of the pandemic and getting through it and do you bond in different ways during the pandemic? Um, I think I would have loved if that was a core thing for me, but I think the the fact that we weren't able to go out and play gigs or we weren't actually mm. able to rehearse at all. And, like, it's lucky that Victor and I live together. Mm. But, um, you know, there's three other members of the band that have, you know, a huge impact on how we 
how we play and how the music makes us feel. Mm. Um, that has been a little bit hard, and I've personally just kind of taken the lockdown as a chance to reset, and I haven't really been playing that much. But, um, yeah, Victor's been coming up with some really cool new guitar riffs and things, so that's, that has been really nice for me to get through just, like, sitting back and listening to Victor noodling on guitar. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's also like, not being able to actually just hang out with our other bandmates and our friends in general, but yeah, yeah we miss them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been a time. Um, do you have any shout-outs to lesser-known bands that you really think are killing it at the moment and you're really admiring? Oh, yeah. yeah, well, um, our friends in Cry Club just released their album yeah. on Friday. That is amazing and yeah I think there's there's been quite a few people being really proactive yeah. in this time that just I'm really impressed by my, my um, personal favourite one is um, our friend Bridget who oh, performs, yeah. performs this hex tape just released uh, like a record I, I don't know what, I, I don't know how you describe the music like a, a, mish, like a mash of data processing electronical music and um contemporary classical stuff. Yeah, yeah, it came out on the same day as our record. It was really awesome. Like, yeah. Everyone should check out Richard's record. I think it's called Undertow. Yeah, yeah. Undertow. It's, it's so, so awesome to listen to, but then also just understanding how she went around creating it, just like gives it a whole new level. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, true. That's, that's, I think, one of the coolest releases of the year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. check out. Hex tape. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of, um, yeah, I guess you can find it on all the streaming platforms on the web, so it should be pretty easy to find the album for listeners that are interested. Um, would you like to pick one of the tracks on the album and talk a little bit about it and we'll go out onto that track? Huh? Ooh, okay. Oh, I didn't think ahead on this <laughs> Um, it's kind of hard because some of them are really long, unfriendly, like not radio friendly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you prefer that we pick one that's not seven minutes long? <laughs> and if that's the one you want to pick, it's, it's all right. If you want to pick the ER, that's the long one. Yeah, right. Or combo or, or I reckon ER. Or the conversation yeah. with the devil. Oh, which one? Go with. Well, tell me about. I uh, we'll go with Bumbo, yeah. Conversation with the Devil. Um, that's like a... Oh. That's an intense track. Um. Yeah, it goes, through, it goes through a lot of moods, um, lots of different layers. I feel like um, I really got to explore my ridiculous love of Pink Floyd in that song. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of different different moods and layers that go with, um, yeah, kind of how we structured it to start with just fairly sparse guitars and bass, and then as the song progresses and it gets a bit more intense, like bringing in keys and, um, yeah. Yeah. There's just, like, so many different, like, influences on it. Like, we took, we took like, notes from, like, Neil Young and um, Louis Bakalov, it was like 
think he's Italian, like this old 60s Italian spaghetti western composer. <laughs> and like, it's just, but uh, yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's one of the hardest, hardest songs, I think, we wrote mm. on a personal level. Like, yeah, I think that probably took the longest time to write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what else to. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for all that. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining me, Victor and Emily, on Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. And wishing you the best for the album and what's next for Edith Lane. Check out Edith Lane. It's listeners. Next up is A Conversation with the Devil by Edith Lane. Bye. Bye.
And that was Edith Lane with A Conversation with the Devil. And you're tuned in to Queering the Art on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris. We're coming towards the end of our show today on the 15th of November at the time of recording and broadcasting. So I'd like to just um, shout out to a few things and, yeah, pass it on to the next show on 3CR Community Radio. Um, First thing I'd like to shout out to is a few fundraisers, actually. IRL Info Shop Mutual Aid are asking for donations for handmade gifts for holiday hampers. And, yeah, the donations for a bunch of people who the pandemic has affected um, their income or already existing income that's affected by, you know, all the systemic oppressions in the society. So worth getting behind and also, yeah... I am involved in that. So that's one thing I'm shouting out to. And I'll put the details as well as the next thing in the show notes for the show at 3cr.org.au forward slash queering the air. Um, yeah, the second fundraiser is the Incarcerated Trans and Gender Diverse Community Fund. Um, I guess in the lead up to Trans Day of Remembrance, this is a fund that goes to people, trans people that are criminalised in Australia thanks to, thanks in, in large part to white supremacy and trans misogyny and classism and capitalism. So all those lovely messed up things. Um, but anyway, this is a fund that supports people criminalised who really do face significant um, structural oppression. And yeah, this is just a redistribution thing like the other one as well to get behind. And I'll provide the show notes, provide the link in the show notes. And I'm also involved in that, also disclosing that. Um, yeah, you've been tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Um, up next is Salam Radio Show. And yeah, stay tuned to 3CR. Hope you have a good rest of your Sunday if you're listening on the Sunday or whatever. 
Yeah, and if you have any feedback or want to get in touch with us, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter or email us at queeringthea at gmail.com. Tune into Queering the Air next week on Sunday at 3 to 4 p.m. I'm Iris, and bye for now. And I'm going to go out with... How about to go out with some Tracy Chapman talking about a revolution? Don't you know Talking about a revolution Sounds... Don't you know talking about a revolution it sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a Gonna rise up and get their share. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. Don't you know you better run, run, run? But a revolution Yes, finally the tables are starting to turn Talking about a revolution Oh, no Talking about a revolution Oh, while they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.